Why is salvation so confusing? What an honor it is. When these lessons are considered, it is with humbleness we make notes and consider questions to focus on. When we say we are grateful for your attention, we truly are. We might state this a bit too often, but we do know this is an honor and a privilege, and we do appreciate it. The Church of Christ at Ben is behind these efforts. My name is Jerry, and as we enter into our second year of these lessons, it is my honor to work with these wonderful people in the small community of Ben, Arkansas, and we entrust that you benefit from these efforts as well. You can find out more at benchurchofchrist.org. A question was asked a while back, why didn't God just etch it all down, step by step, one, two, three, you know, like the Ten Commandments, the things that he expects us to do in order to be pleasing to him, in order for us to be in a state of salvation. Perhaps you've pondered these questions. At the start, let's remind ourselves of a, a few pretty important points. In 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, Paul reminded us that God is not the God of confusion, but is the God of peace. He's not the author of confusion. The prophet Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 55, verses 8 and following, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. He goes on in verse number 11 and says, My word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing that I have sent it. Job realized in the middle of all the calamities that was going on in his life not to try to figure out God through his level of understanding and thinking. He said in Job 9 and 10, What doeth great things, or rather, which doeth great things, past finding out, yea, and wonders without numbers. At the onset of the narrative, it is revealed in the outcome in Job 1 and 21. He said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then something very important in verse 22. In all of this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Paul possibly was reflecting on this when he penned to the church at Rome in Romans 10 and 33. Oh, the depth and the riches of both the understanding and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. So we must be very careful when considering how God has done things perhaps even challenging or questioning his methods when we only know a morsel of what we would need in order to have that conversation with our God. His ways are well beyond our ways of comprehending and understanding. His ways are past finding out, and we need to be very careful in possibly challenging how he has done things. So God did not put out his plan for the new Israel of the New Testament, as he did the nation of Israel of the Old Testament. Also, as a reminder, those Ten Commandments were just ten of the 600-plus rules and guides in what he actually ended up asking them to do. The ministry of Christ can be seen in the start of Matthew chapter 5. Before we get into what it is that we are asked to do, Christ first outlines the attitudes that we should have, the Beatitudes, those that mourn, the meek, those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers, and the like. 
He then outlines that we are to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. The teachings of Christ, followed by his disciples, were to various groups, various nations of people. These people having vastly different backgrounds and understandings of traditions, as well as the Old Testament, the old law. Consider being a Jew that was brought up in the shadow of the prophets, of Moses, of Aaron's, of the tribe of Levi, versus, say, someone on the other side of the ocean in Rome that was not a Jew, but had only heard bits and pieces of God's dealing with Israel and Judah. So while the end message was indeed all the same, the perspective of these two groups of people were vastly different. And so we have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all recounting the life of Christ, but written from different perspectives, written to a different audience. So the information shared gave details necessary for that specific group of people in order for them to comprehend Jesus the Christ. Let's consider an oversimplified example in an effort to understand. If I were to show you a picture, and in this picture it shows an object circular in shape with edges that are not completely uniform. This object is white, it's shiny in appearance, rather thin and flat. In the center of this white circle is what appears to be a bubble, about a third of the side of the white portion. This bubble is yellow in color and is raised off of the white portion about a quarter of an inch or so. If you can put together this information, hopefully you would identify this as a fried egg, sunny side up. The question we would want to answer is, how do you create what is in that picture? With that picture in mind of a fried egg, let's apply that to possibly why God didn't just give us a list of things, one, two, three. Fried egg, sunny side up. If I showed you this picture and you had no idea what it was, and I asked if you could cook or create it, if you had no concept of what it was, and I said, it's an egg, and you ask, what's an egg? The information that I shared would be what you needed, would it not? Would it not be vastly different to an individual that, say, is a line cook at the Waffle House? What's an egg? So some knew who Christ was. They knew him from a child. They'd seen him in the temple when he was young, asking and answering questions. They knew of the forerunner, John the Baptist. Those that knew Christ, little explanation was needed. But for some, as Christ said in John 8, 24, if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. For some, believing that he was Jesus the Christ was a challenge. But for others, no challenge whatsoever. Believing that he was the son of Jehovah took more for some than others. It took events of a supernatural power, miracles, in order to convince him that he was someone different. He was someone unique. Grace was presented a gift of God, but they had to have faith in that gift. For by grace have you been saved through faith, Paul said in Ephesians 2 and 8, that none of yourselves it is the gift of God. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For some, this was easy acceptance, but for some other, they had to have a lot more to get past that point of belief. Once you understand what an egg is, we can move on to the next step. 
How do you fry an egg? Well, you crack it, cook it in a skillet. Cook. Skillet. Again, simple. Unless, unless you have never seen or experienced either. So you can easily see the necessity of spending much more effort and time to help someone comprehend and understand something if they're challenged with a concept where others would be good. Egg, got it. Skillet, yep. Fire, I'm with you. So for some, heat a skillet, medium heat, put in some oil, crack an egg, ease the egg into the pan so as not to break the yolk. How do you want your egg? It's a lot of steps, which could take a while to explain the process fully to someone who knows little, if anything, about it, at least for them to begin to comprehend what someone that has a greater understanding has. So for some, believing that Christ was the Messiah, the King of kings, Lord of lords, once spoken of by the prophets, recalling that he was rejected even by his closest Christ spoke some hard things to them. We read in John 6 and 66, and from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Jesus said unto the twelve, Will you also go away? And the Lord, or Peter said unto the Lord, To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So we put this together. The strong message to them could have been, Except you believe that I am he. Where others, it could be, except you repent of your sins, as belief was no problem. But walking away from their sins, something they loved being involved in, this was their challenge. For others, it could have been making public confession. Christ was not overwhelmingly accepted. According to some, he challenged the old law, though he was in reality fulfilling the old law. And if you remember, Christ told Peter, you would deny me, as Christ had foretold. You would deny me three times, and Peter did just that. Many of those that followed Christ lost their lives in very brutal manners for upholding him, as we've discussed in the message on the book of Revelation. Baptism was also part of the plan, as recently discussed. Some are challenged with baptism even today. From my conversations over the years, the challenge comes because there are verses that stress other elements, leaving it out. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say anything about confession. It, well, it is confession. It doesn't say anything about repentance. It doesn't say anything about baptism. When we look at the context of this and we see this audience was having difficulty in accepting the initial principles. They were a long ways from a dash of salt and pepper and serve. If you're working to understand what an egg is, salt and pepper does not enter the conversation. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew. Matthew was written primarily to the Jews, and so he focused a lot on the Old Testament, quoting it over 60 times. He does not explain much about the Jewish culture as the other writers did. Wasn't necessary. He used the term kingdom of heaven, which had a significance among the Jews, more so than Mark, Luke, and John. So his overarching effort was to show that Christ, Jesus, was the Messiah that the Jewish nation was expecting. Mark wrote to those in the area of Rome, not the area of Judea, Galilee, and Jerusalem. It is thought that the letter Paul wrote to the Romans was written, was written prior to Mark's writing and was known. So Mark had access to the letter written to Rome from Paul. 
We can see that Mark uses facts often that we see from Peter, but also through the explanation given by Paul. Mark opens with the concept of the beginning of the gospel of Christ. He is very blunt, very brief, short and sweet, if you will. Believe and be baptized. No excess of language. One writer noted the word and is used some over 1,300 times in Mark's writing of the gospel, connecting one action with then another. Luke was an educated man, a physician. A great deal of tradition surrounds Luke and seems to have he has, seems to have worked with Christ's mother Mary more than others. He seems to stress that Jesus was the perfect man. God became man. Twenty of the miracles of Christ are noted in Luke's writing, 23 parables, 18 of which are not found elsewhere. John, one of the latter writings which we have in the New Testament, it was written to a wide range of people, and yet we see this writing different than the three others. Miracles are not emphasized as much. Parables, very minimal. The language is simple, not as direct as Mark. The timeline of events also more aligned in a chronological order. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we have Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. This too written by Luke, covering a period of about 30 years. It is written specifically to an individual but the message was of all the things that Jesus both began to do and teach, Acts 1, 1 and 2. And we see an instance of all of these elements coming together. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, 2,000 in Acts 3, the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8, Saul of Tarsus in Acts 9, Cornelius in Acts 10. We see different people over a vast landscape and period of time hearing the same message, hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. God is not the author of confusion. We read in John chapter 6 that they all shall be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and learned of the Father cometh unto me. For some they needed much more on the front end to establish the foundation that they could put their faith in. For others, repentance. For others, and it was baptism. For others, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life, the gospel message of salvation. If we can assist and work with you better to understand any parts of God's plan, this is our whole desire. Visit us in person at the Ben Church of Christ or visit us online. And until next time, we bid you a very pleasant good day.